0: If you check out the Productive Practice book, I get into this quite a bit, and we talk about the five steps to successful delegation um, and a bunch of other sort of tips and tricks on how to do this well, because there are a lot of mistakes to avoid, and you don't have to learn those things the
1: hard way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Your Practice podcast, where we get to learn about marketing, growing, and managing your private practice, and scaling it as well. I'm Brent Stutzman, and today we're going to be talking about the three pillars of a productive therapist. This episode is going to help listeners learn how to grow the group practice while working 10 hours less every week using the Productive Practice System. That sounds amazing. And to help me to do that is Uri Guilford, a licensed marriage and family therapist, a group practice owner, and the creator of the Productive Therapist, a virtual assistant company that serves therapists in private practice. He's a technology nerd, a minimalist travel packer, a rock drummer, and a business <laughs> development enthusiast. woo! All right, rock on. Welcome to the show, Uriah. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. That was a great intro. Who wrote that? Oh, wait. Oh, wait, it was me. Oh, Maybe it was one of your uh, intake coordinators. Or, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. My virtual assistant, <laughs> huge virtual fan, assistant, wrote that for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Biggest fan. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you for your time. Let's go ahead and jump in and start talking about how therapists can take time off of their week by being more productive. Oh my goodness, Brand! I don't know about you, but
0: the folks that we talked to, myself included in the past, working way too much. Because most of us start out as solo practitioners, and we are doing all the counseling, we're doing all the marketing, we're doing all the admin billing, and the list goes on. Right. Right. So once we get some traction in our practice, we pretty quickly realize that reaching our goals. Also comes with the threat of burnout mm-hmm. and some exhaustion and some overwhelm because we can't sustain doing all the things. I remember early on, my goal was to get to 20 clients a week. That was like the holy grail, right? And maybe, you know, $100,000 a year was also like a, a target. Yes. And once I got to hit both of those goals, quickly found out that I was working a lot. I was seeing 25 to 28 clients a week and trying to write my blog posts and grow my email list and go out and meet people, you know, all of the things. Right. And then once, if someone chooses to go into group practice and start hiring folks and building a team, which I think is amazing mm-hmm. for a lot of us, that comes with a whole host of other tasks and responsibilities. So it quickly gets to be overwhelming to the point where, a lot of folks um, are not taking vacations and they're kind of just focused on their business and working too much nights and weekends, all of those kinds of things. Right. So, straight a productive therapist. Yeah, straight, straight to, to burnout. Out. Yeah. Oh, it's not a good road, especially for us as mental health providers who are the ones that are supposed to be supporting others, helping the mental health of our communities, et cetera. Right. right. So, potentially not a good equation, right? And one that we need to figure out how to solve. Um, so that, that is kind of why Productive Therapist was started, was essentially to solve my problem, which was everything I just said, <laughs> too much to do, yeah. and I can't handle it anymore. And I, basically, I had a need for part-time administrative support, and I, I needed to solve for that. And so long story short, I started Productive Therapist as a virtual assistant company because I had actually had a great experience with a virtual assistant that I worked with for five years who supported me in my solo practice. And I thought, wow, you know what? My friends and my (laughs) colleagues have the same problem. Everybody needs this. mm,
1: Yes. (laughs) Well, can I ask you, what was kind of the inflection point for you? Like what was, you know, in storytelling, we talk about that inciting moment, that moment that you realize things need to change or this (laughs) this problem's come up and you're like, (laughs) you know, like something's got to change or else something else worse might happen. I I don't know do you have, did you have that when it was, as you were growing your own practice and scaling it? I did. I did.
0: And I'll tell you, I'll tell you about it. So it was back in 2012 in the middle of 2012. And I remember, I remember I was sitting at my little Ikea desk in my windowless therapy office and it was nine o'clock and I was sitting there trying to get my notes done. And I was eating uh, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that was a little bit soggy. And I was sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And I looked at my email and I saw new calls that had come in while I was in session. And I just thought, what it would it look like if I didn't have to do absolutely everything in my practice? Mm. And then it was shortly, shortly after that that I realized, well, my business coach actually has a virtual assistant who seems great. I wonder if I could work with that person. So the idea, like I was feeling the pain. And then yeah. the idea yeah. of what if I had a, a virtual assistant? What would that look like? Um, and that, that was kind of the inflection point for me. And then I was sold after that I was sold.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause once you have a virtual assistant and they're good, it's like, I, I don't, how did I ever function? Yeah, you didn't, true. Fun- you didn't function before. <laughs> very it's well. True. It's hard. It's, yeah. it's impossible to go back. I don't want yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So thanks for letting me ask that question. Yeah, yeah for ahead. sure.
0: For sure. So long story short, I um, have built Productive Therapist over the the last five or six years. And just earlier this year, I decided to actually end of last year, decided to kind of collect some of the things that I had learned and that my team had learned and kind of share that wisdom, hopefully, um, with the therapist community to be as helpful as possible. So I wrote the book called The Productive Practice. And the subtitle of that is How to Grow Your Group Practice While Working 10 Hours Less Every Week, which I think is pretty compelling. I want that
1: a great hook yeah it's a great yeah. title yeah I my see.
0: next book will be how to grow your group practice and will only work 10 hours a week <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: or, or Tim Ferriss just the four-hour work week <laughs> it's, four, it's, four hard four <laughs> it's hard to beat that
0: it's hard to beat that
1: yeah
0: honestly I read that book so many years ago and it was very influential in, yeah. in my uh in my life and my my professional development because he did talk about Tim Ferriss in the
1: four hour work week, he talked mm-hmm. about leveraging virtual assistants, right? Yeah. So. And even if it's, you know, to me, I'm like, that seems impossible in some mm-hmm. ways, like maybe, but it's like, at least it gets you thinking, well, what if, well, what if I could hire out all these things or get support or do software to right. get to the point where maybe four hours a week, I think it's almost impossible, but you could delete, it's a good thought experiment. Like the, what if Sure, I think those, that book was great for that.
0: Yeah. And a lot of therapists don't think about being an owner versus being an operator. It's not in our DNA. It's not in our training. So the thought of me growing or any of us growing a group practice and then no longer even showing up into the office and not being the one that does any of the day-to-day work, that's hard to like, you know, wrap your mind around, Yeah, but it's an option. It really is. Yeah. 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 So Onto the tips, if that's okay. Please do. Yes. Thank yeah. you. So all the things I'm sharing today uh, is like the condensed form of, of this. And I have, a, I have a ton to say about it and uh, tips and tricks to share with you if you want to check out the book. Yeah. So the first pillar of a productive practice is personalized productivity. And I realize it's a lot of peas. but <laughs> I like alliteration, yeah. so <laughs> it helps it stick up here, right? So personalized productivity is super important because we found a productive therapist that If the owner, if the practice owner is not reasonably productive and has their business ducks in a row, it makes it almost impossible, or at least very difficult for them to delegate successfully. If they're not on top of their email, if they're not responding to messages, if they're not managing their tasks well, and their calendar, you know, all of those sorts of things that comprise our personal life and productivity. Um, and we've, I could tell you story after story of virtual assistants kind of struggling with practice owners who are just doing their best, but it's not working. Right. So I think before you delegate, before you even think about really building a team, you need to make sure that you can manage your email, your calendar and your tasks and projects reasonably well, um, because it's better to kind of get your own ducks in a row before you start delegating those ducks to somebody else.
1: Yeah. 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 And you have to you have to there's no perfect system, but I think you have to come up with something, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a a personal productivity system. I mean, do you have like like what works what works for you these days? Like to give our listeners kind of an idea of like, how do you handle the tasks that are in front of you every day? How do you prioritize them? Like what's your what's the flow?
0: Yeah. So to give a little bit of context, but uh, to get to frame this a little bit. The reason why I called it personalized productivity is because there's a ton of ideas and strategies, tactics, if you will, and no one strategy will work for every single person. You know, some of us are neurodivergent, so we need very different tactics. Mm -hmm. Um, So personalizing it to what works for you is most important. So anything Mm -hmm. that a productivity guru or myself says to you, give it a try. (laughs) If it doesn't work, throw it out, do it differently. Mm -hmm. And if I'm being completely honest, I try a lot. I try almost all of the productivity tips, right? Yeah. And I'll stick cool. with them for like four days and I'll be like, that, <laughs> I don't like that. I'm not doing that, you know, yeah. morning routines or whatever. Um, so just to give you something very um, concrete and practical, we all have probably too many tasks on our list, whether we're writing those on sticky notes or on a whiteboard or on a digital task manager. I use Todoist. Oh, same. To. Yeah. Isn't it great? Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's so good. And to do for teams is quite, quite effective as well. So like even today I was looking at my list and I think I, I have too many things. I think I have at least, at least 10 to 15 things on my list today, but the, the strategy that I use, it's very simple. It's just prioritization. And so I use into do us, the ability to flag priority, you know, high and Use colors, red is mm-hmm. top priority. I think, um, no color is bottom priority.
1: So, you must be reading the same books. I, or think, we... We, I, th- I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great system. It's simple. I need simple, yeah, right? For, any, absolutely. for anything. Simple. I just need simple. And this, yeah, keep going. I think it's great. Keep going.
0: Two more things on that. So, when I like literally today, when I look at my list, um, I make, I mark things as red, top priority, that are the things that if I don't get this done today, I'm going to feel like I didn't have a good day, like yeah. I didn't do my work. Um, truly critical tasks. And then there's also a, an ability to set a filter. And so I can only look at the top tasks because if I look oh. at everything, I'm very tempted to go and tackle something that's not important, but will make me feel good about myself. Mm, brilliant. So yes. And usually the top tasks should not be more than about three things per day. We can't do all the things. So focus on the top two to three tasks and if, if possible, narrow it. So you're literally only looking at those things. Yeah.
1: That's great. I do one thing. I do is uh, I do big three. What are my big three for the week? And just kind of have that. And then each ta- each day, I'm trying to tackle one of those big three for the week, or uh, I, some sort of task that's related to that. So my critical tasks are all related to the big three that I'm trying to do for this week. And then I don't use any filters. And so. <laughs> Maybe you I, don't see need all, them. I, I see all the other ones that I hit that are not red or yellow right. uh, to do. And I get tempted to do those. But um, I think that I think that's it for those listening, kind of having like, what's my big three for the week? What's my big three for the day? And if you really want to get productive, maybe three, the big three for the month, three big for the quarter or something and just mm-hmm. kind of work your way backwards. But I think you just start with what's the three big things for this week and three big things for that day. And you can you would be shocked about how much you can get done.
0: It's true because at the end of the day, like us achieving our goals, you and I achieving our goals mm-hmm. and accomplishing our purpose is really about focus and consistency. Yeah, I mean, I'm not very, I'm not like smarter than most people, <laughs> but I, I will tell you, I am relentless in terms of staying on course. And, um, I mean, by the way, just so people know, like productive therapist is not about me. <laughs> like, I'm not like, look at me. I'm the productive therapist. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to help other people be more productive, but um, just staying focused and uh, figuring out what's important, and, and keeping your keeping your
1: eyes on the prize,
0: so to speak. Yeah. So that, that will that's help, the first
1: one, and that will help you work with your intake coordinator or your virtual assistant or whatever. It's going to help your yes. team a ton. Yes, absolutely.
0: And we hear stories um, about this constantly with our virtual assistant team saying, "Well, I tried to reach out and get an answer for this question, or I tried to get something, a response that I need for my critical work, and it just it took too long, or it took." more than it should and so yeah respond respond to your team yeah right please do (laughs) they need you (laughs) yeah go ahead that's that's the first one personalized productivity super important i think foundational right Mm -hmm. for the reasons that i shared and then the second one is pretty good organization and the reason the reason why i put pretty good and i have to tell (laughs) this story because when i was writing the book i i shared this framework with my wife and she was like that doesn't sound very interesting why pretty good why not say like amazing organization or something like yeah. that? And I was like, well, it's very intentional. Um, it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be absolutely 100% perfect. And actually trying to get things dialed in just so will actually make you less product, product, productive, depending on your personality. Some of us are more meticulous, right, than others. Um, But when it comes to organization, I'm talking about everything from your physical space to your digital space. Um, And specifically in in the context of maybe a group practice and a team that's working together, this has a lot to do with your standard operating procedures, your SOPs, um, systems to run the practice. All of these types of things need to be documented and organized and easily findable so everybody can do their job. (laughs) yes in a nutshell that's what that is um at least the you know practice owner facing to the the practice itself And then there's things like you know let's look at your google drive and let's look at your um all your personal systems Mm -hmm. and see like when you need to find your headshot for a podcast using that (laughs) as an example how long does it take you to find that file because a lot of us are just like swimming in our google drive is just like a sea
1: of or you yeah or the um your desktop screen, it just has like six million files on it. Like I know my profile shots around here somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I will give a little uh, plug for a system that I learned a couple of years ago that made a huge difference. I don't have the book right here. It's on, on my desk at home, but I went through a course called Building a Second Brain. I don't know if that's ever crossed your...
1: Yeah, I've heard about this.
0: Yeah. Tiago Forte, brilliant, brilliant guy. He And he took his, his course and he made it into a book called Building a Second Brain. And he teaches really like helpful concepts in the area that he calls um, personal knowledge management. Yes. Because the idea there is that there's never been more information in the world. There's never been more to sort through social media, news, training, information, all the things. So the people who are going to do do the best essentially are going to be the ones that can, can um, manage all that information, organize it, and make good use of it. I do think that artificial intelligence is going to help a ton with this and already is. Um, But the reason why I bring that up is because the system that I use from him is a very specific way to organize files. I don't need to go into it on this podcast, but if you want to check it out, it's called the para method, P-A-R-A. And it's literally like it literally gives you a framework for organizing all of your notes that you take and all of your files that you store. I'll, I'll leave it at that.
1: It's good. Well, I'll I'll tell you, like, I love point number two here. Pretty good organization, because if you watch anyone on YouTube on mind mapping or whatever, you know, like (laughs) they like they go to the extremes. Now, I use Notion and I use about 10 percent of what Notion can do, but it's pretty good. Like I get to what I need to. um, But some of these some of these folks out there, it's insane. It's like, wow, it must take you a half a day just to get your day going. Right. Of all the planning and detailing, whatever, like does it. But I think you're giving us permission to have pretty good organization. And as you scale your practice with my practice owners, like the bigger you are, you're pretty good. has to be better, (laughs) like better because of the minute, like as you scale things of complexity begin to enter into your practice. Um, So you have to. But if you're pretty good at organization at those early stages, then you can scale with that. But um, it all starts with having some pretty good organization,
0: I think. Very good point. I, I agree. It has to change as you grow. But you can adapt. And as long as it's good enough now, six months, 12 months down the road, you know, you can go like, well, this is not as good as we need it to be. And we'll just make a change.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Can I take a quick break for our sponsor here? Definitely. Right. Thank you. All right. So before we go on, I want to remind our listeners about TheraSAS. Yes, we are sponsoring ourselves because we believe TheraSAS can transform your intake system at your practice. TheraSAS is a HIPAA compliant intake software to organize all new client appointment requests that come in using our website forms and automation and messaging. So you can instantly connect and qualify new clients and have easy to manage waitlists lists and track every step of the way in your intake process with real-time analytics. It's said that the riches are in the niches and the fortune is in the follow-up. Therasas was specifically designed for the follow-up process. It has empowered solo practice owners to quickly grow and group practice owners to supercharge their intake team. So just go to therassas.com. that's dot com and sign up for a demo and a free trial. Step two, if you decide TheraSAS will grow your practice, we can sign you up. It only takes one hour to implement and one hour to train your team. You can confidently know that clients are being communicated quickly and they are not falling through the cracks with TheraSAS. So if this sounds interesting to you and you want to find out more, go to TheraSAS.com today and schedule a demo. All right, let's get to the third point. Uriah, thank you. Absolutely.
0: So the first one is personalized productivity, the second one is pretty good organization, and then the third one is plenty of delegation. Of course, another P. <laughs> yeah. Well done. <laughs> By the end of this, I'm hoping it's drilled into your brain, Yeah. Brent. Like, yes. preach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in my mind, like the the first two, like I said, are foundational and the idea here, and you, you can tell me if you agree with this or not, but the idea is that delegation is really one of the best and the biggest levers for growth and for success. Because one of my uh, virtual mentors, Michael Hyatt, said, if your dream doesn't require a team, then your dream is too small.
1: I, I just like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, have you heard that before? It's no. good, right? Yeah. yeah, it's making me think a little bit. Like, how Definitely. dare you judge my dream? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> my dream is too small? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay yeah. to have small dreams. No, I love my um,
0: So this is all about, you know, building a team and delegating and outsourcing um, some or many of the things that you do. And of course, you know, one way to do that is by using a virtual assistant. Um, However, that's not the only way this could also mean for for a lot of group practices, they want to hire local people to come into their office and do some of the work, whether it's their billing specialist, their intake coordinator, eventually a practice manager, likely a clinical supervisor and maybe even other roles um but as you grow in order for the owner to focus on their strengths and their unique contribution their highest contribution they have to do less and less of the things that don't make sense for them yes so as much as i would like to take care of my team by buying ink and coffee pods like Anybody can do that just as good as me, right? So that's an example of something to hand off to somebody else. Um, And I could give a thousand examples. But over time, um, a a smart practice owner should be doing less and less of the things that anybody can do and more of the things that truly they can only do themselves. So plenty of delegation. I kind of framed it that way just because it's an ongoing process. And every quarter or so... The the owner should be letting go of something. That's, yeah. that's my thought. Or at least I, I stole that from uh, entrepreneurial operating system.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. I think that's yeah. great. I got an email the other day saying, uh, we had a kind of a informal mastermind with a bunch of other story brand guides and, uh, they, man, these guys are ninjas. Holy cow. But so, but she wrote in an and she's like, you know, every six months I think about things to drop and I'm going to drop this meeting. I was like, Ouch. oh my goodness. I know. <laughs> Uh, You know, it's fine. Like she added a ton of value, but for Mm -hmm. her, like she just had other priorities and, you know, and it's an amazing mastermind. So kudos to her to be able to make, make that happen. But I think that's right. I think that's good. Every quarter. What's one less thing. I love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everyone listening, write that down. Like, like what's the one thing you can start to drop? Um, This is also delegation is like the hardest muscle (laughs) for uh, practice owners to flex. It truly is the flexing. And I'll, I'll say this, the first, usually the first hire, and this is why, you know, part of why we created Therastats to begin with is usually uh, to help with this <laughs> is usually that first hire that's non-clinical mm-hmm. is going to be an intake coordinator or a virtual assistant. And you are giving up that baby of those intake calls and trying to schedule clients. It is One of the I I see it. It's like it's like shooting trying to you know you have to put old yiller down. Like you gotta give it away. And um and it's really hard. So but it's it's absolutely if you want to grow your practice, you're gonna have to start delegating some things.
0: Yeah. And I'm I'm glad that you shared that. Earlier today, I was talking to my director of sales and marketing at Productive Therapist, and she's the one that talks to all the therapists as they're coming in to work with us. Mm -hmm. And she told me a story that I hadn't heard before about a practice owner who was handling the intake coordinator role on her own and achieving pretty consistently about 50% conversion rates, which arguably is very, very good. Yeah. Um, and then she hired an intake coordinator and I don't know anything about the skills or the training of this intake coordinator, but they came in and then they brought that 50% conversion rate to zero. <laughs> yes, Total. I know. Total. Isn't that tragic? Yeah. And my guess would be, um that they didn't have good enough training and maybe they didn't have good enough systems. Yep. So if they had had Theressa on board, which is <laughs> my pitch, right? <laughs> if they had had Theressa on board and if they had had our program which is called Therapy Intake Pro which trains intake coordinators on how to be efficient and effective. Oh yeah. They probably would have taken that from 50 maybe to 55 or 60%. Mm-hmm. So those things are are really important. You can't just delegate. You can't just find some person and say, "Hey, take care of this." They've got to number one be the right person, and you have to give them the resources that they need to succeed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for that Theris-ass plug as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just tying it in for you. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. And I, I will say one more thing, if if that's okay. Please, Um,
0: if you you check out the Productive Practice book, I get into this quite a bit, and we talk about the five steps to successful delegation, um, and a bunch of other sort of tips and tricks on how to do this well, because. There are a lot of mistakes to avoid and you don't have to learn those things the hard way. Yeah, that's a good word. Well, where can people find this book?
1: Because it sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> Hopefully I'm doing a good job here. Yeah, so productivetherapist.com book is where you'll find it. And it's genuinely, I put so much good content into this. It's not just a lead magnet. It's, it is only $5, um, but it's really, really valuable. And I just kind of wanted to get the information out to as many people as possible.
1: So definitely check it out. Well, if that $5 saves you one hour of time forever, you know, week huge. after week is yeah, yeah, huge ROI in that. So thank you for writing that. And thank you for your uh, productive therapist, uh, like business and supporting practice owners, because that's, um, yeah, that's something th- they don't teach therapists in school is how to be an operator and having an assistant in some capacity and how powerful that can be. So I've experienced it myself. You've done it. Um, and so I want to encourage all the listeners to go. Consider having a uh, checking out the productive therapist and definitely getting the book. Uh, you're right. Anything else you want to add to the combo? Appreciate having this conversation.
0: Um, I don't think so. I think we covered some good ground. And, yeah. Uh, it, hopefully, people remember the three Ps, the three pillars of a productive practice. Yeah. It'll it'll get you a far distance. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Well, all right, everyone. Just a reminder: all the content on the brand your practice podcast and the website and other media reflects my own opinions and should not be taken as legal advice, financial advice, or investment advice. Please seek out the guidance of professionally trained and licensed individuals before making any decisions. Some links in the description may be affiliate links. All right, folks, thanks for listening. If you had not found the conversation useful and enjoyable, subscribe to the podcast and please join me the next time for the Brand Your Practice podcast.